All right, all right, all right. Welcome back, welcome back. You know what time it is. It's the Fan in the Van podcast time. Ah, what a Yankee win. Chapman blows the save, first of the year. Um, first earned run up against him as well. Um, Talion wasn't that great today, but you want to know something, though? He kept him in the game. Uh, I was like 35-something straight innings now. Starting pitching hasn't given up a run. Something that hasn't been done since 1932. Uh, but the Yankees keep on winning by any means necessary. Aaron Judge with his first walk-off in walk-off fashion, which was a walk. Um, Hendricks literally had nothing in the tank to, to throw a Judge at all. Um, the first one, obviously, was almost up at his throat, uh, forcing Judge to swing. And that's about the only strike he had because after that, everything was just ball, 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 walk, game over, see you, done with. Um... But it's amazing how the Yankees have been winning and the pitching, at least the starting pitching, has been tremendous. Montgomery goes up against Rondon the other day and between the two of them, they they had 24 strikeouts. Uh, You had Herman the other day, seven scoreless. Garrett Cole yesterday, like seven scoreless. And then Kluber was the Corey Kluber of old Uh, and only Cy Young fashion. Uh, and economical in his no-hitter as well. If it wasn't for horrible umpiring, like we said on Thursday, he has a perfect game. Um, but you still take the no-hitter. And a lot of players are actually coming out now. Clayton Kershaw always wanted to come out and complain how um, there's too many no-hitters going on. Uh, how it should be a special thing. And l- listen, I get all that. you know. And we, and we discussed it a little bit on Thursday. I'll discuss it a little bit now. Um, as far as I'm concerned... Yeah, it is a special accomplishment. It's something that doesn't happen every day. And for whatever reason, it's happening practically on a daily basis. Um, And there's nothing you could really do to stop it. A lot of people are coming out and they think that the pitchers are using forward substances on the balls. No, it's not a matter of that. It's just that, you know, the hitters aren't hitting when they're supposed to. And that's what leads to no hitters. And the pitchers are locating their pitches. And you can attribute some horrible umpiring calls to it as well. I, I do give uh, the horrible umpiring a hand in this. But they're not big-name guys throwing no hitters out there. Again, if you tell me that Jonathan Means and Spencer Trumbull and all these other guys who have thrown no hitters so far, they're big names. Other than Kluber, the rest of them you never heard of till they threw a no-hitter. Um, so instead of shitting on them, let them be in the history of baseball as guys who threw uh, no hitters. Okay. And this was the Yankees first no hitter since David Cohn's perfect game. And then this is when Kershaw wants to come out and say it and everybody wants to dump on it. Why? Because it's Corey Kluber. Why? Because it's the Yankees. Okay. Have fun with it, haters and do what you want to do. Shit all over it and do what you need to do with it. I really don't care. All I know is this. Kluber got the job done, and I think Kluber actually might have broken the let's not talk about the no-hitter in the 6th, 7th, 8th, and ninth inning jinx because when Michael K started it, I started screaming. I started, I was like, you can't, no, shut up, you can't do it. I looked over at Jay, and I was like, you know, he's got something going on here, but I'm not going to say it. Well, I'm going to say it without saying it, and he goes, don't say it. I said, I'm not saying it, and it was like five minutes of, well, what is it? And then Melissa's like, what are you guys talking about? I said, we can't talk about it, but we're talking about it, but we can't say it, but we, we shouldn't say it, so we're not going to say it. And it was just mass confusion, and it, it was just utterly hilarious. But to jump ship from that now, 
NBA playoffs and some very interesting matchups. Obviously, the 76ers beat the Wizards, and I don't think the Wizards are really going anywhere. I don't think the Wizards system works for Russell Westbrook. Um, you know, and I said it when I had Scott on the other night, you know, the people are dumping on Westbrook for breaking the triple-double record. I would want a guy like that who puts up 15 to 20 a game, 10 to 12 assists, and rebounds the balls. That is, to me, that's a complete NBA player who could do all of that. He's playing selfish but unselfish, um, if, if, you know, if you can kind of understand that. Um, you had the Nets-Celtics last night, which was a great game, but let's call this what it is, Brooklyn in five. I'll give the Nets one win, and it happens in Boston. Um, you know, and then you got the Knicks-Hawks, listen. I'm taking the Knicks in this series, but you're going up against Trey Young, who's going to whine, cry, bitch, moan like that kid at Walmart who wants every toy that he sees, okay? Every time somebody breathes on Trey Young, he's going to want a foul call. Every single time something doesn't go his way, he's going to whine about it. This is what Trey Young's going to do. This is part of Trey Young's game, and he's a talented kid, but Trey Young, do yourself a favor, just shut up and play the damn game. If the foul's called, it's called. If it's not, it's not. Listen, officiating's horrible in the NBA, it's horrible in the NHL, it's horrible in MLB, and it's horrible in the NFL. Get used to it, kid, because I've been seeing it for 30 friggin' years, all right? Bottom line. And then you got the Mavericks and the Clippers. And the Mavs pulled out the win that they needed to win. And that's after Ka uh, Kawhi Leonard posterizes, I forget who, on the on the Mavericks. And I'm telling you right now, if Dallas gets past the Clippers and Portland beat Denver last night, and Portland can get past Denver, I, I have to take Portland seriously going forward to where your Western Conference final isn't going to be, let's say, Lakers versus Clippers or Lakers versus Lakers versus Mavericks or whoever. It's going to be Mavericks versus the Trailblazers. I, 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 that's what my Western Conference Final prediction is going to be right now. As far as the Eastern Conference Final, I'm telling you right now, what the NBA needs, what New York needs, is an all-New York Eastern Conference Final. Brooklyn versus the Knicks for supreme bragging rights for this season. And... For the big three to debut in the playoffs the way they did, combined 82 points out of like the 104 that was scored. As long as they stay healthy throughout this whole series against Boston and every series, I'm telling you right now, how do you stop this team? You don't. You don't. I'm not taking the Lakers seriously in the West because LeBron's ankle isn't going to hold up. Anthony Davis isn't going to stay healthy. He's just not going to. And speaking of LeBron, so LeBron goes to this photo shoot with Michael B. Jordan and Drake and violates NBA health protocols. Now, we've seen in other sports where players have been fined, suspended, but because it's LeBron and because it's the playoffs and because it's the Lakers, the NBA decides, yeah, we're not going to find him. We're not going to suspend him. He gets to play in game one. The hypocrisy that goes on with your protocols in every sport, and we saw it in the NFL this year, the NHL really kind of, there was none, but to me, this is hypocrisy because of who it is and the team that's involved. And, and I'm sorry, Adam Silver is a great NBA commissioner. He's trying to, you know, reinvent the game. He's trying to make it more intriguing, but... LeBron James has to face some sort of punishment for violating health and safety protocols 
from the, from this incident alone. I'm sorry, he has to. And if he do, and and apparently he's not. And it's an utter joke. This is like the NFL with the Ravens situation where let okay, let's just keep moving every game and then only find them the the most minimal amount of money possible because you know we're just gonna be a bunch of soft little baby back bitches about it. Okay, that's fine. That's what you want to do. Okay, all well and good. But to me, to me, it's a joke. And I'm not taking the Lakers seriously coming out of the West. They are not a threat. Now, if if Anthony Davis and LeBron played a whole year healthy and they had a decent bench, then yeah, I would say they're in the finals against Brooklyn, like I said months ago. But let's look at that Laker bench. It's putrid. It's disgusting. There's nobody on there that 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 screams, hey, I'm a I'm afraid to play this guy. No. You mean it's Jared Dudley coming off the bench? Pfft, yeah, okay. Dennis Schroeder, I'm, I'm sorry, is, is not a threat to any opposing team. And their bench isn't nearly as built as well as, let's say, Brooklyn. Because Brooklyn, Bruce Brown comes off the bench, and he's decent. Uh, Shemet Brown, I think, I forget his name, Shemet. He's decent off the bench. You have Jeff Green that comes off the bench. You have Blake Griffin that comes off the bench. You have Speedy Claxton that comes off the bench. Uh, come on. Are, are you telling me that in the NBA Finals, Lakers versus Brooklyn, you mean to tell me that the Lakers win on the sole fact of LeBron and Anthony Davis? No. Because Brooklyn is built better. They're built better. And 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 when we discuss the play-in scenarios on Thursday and I'm all for the play-in scenarios but the, the and, and the play-in tournament but I don't like the way it's done because so the Warriors lost so the Warriors lost to the Lakers but then they had to play the Grizzlies and then they lost to the Grizzlies okay I don't like the fact that once you lose in a play-in tournament you still get a second shot of going in bottom line is this whoever wins Seven versus ten and eight versus nine, they get the last two spots in the West and the East, and that's the way it should be. There shouldn't be, oh, you get a second chance to do that. If you're going to do the second chance and open up more playoff spots and or have wild card rounds, and like they do in baseball and like they do in football, then come out with that playoff scenario within the NBA, and then I'm fine with that play in tournament scenario that way. Or you wouldn't even have to have that at all because the last the last two teams that are on the cusp of making it would be in the wild cards and same thing on the East. And they came out with all like the, the you know the end of the year awards and rookie of the year gets interesting. And I think Anthony Edwards of the of the Timberwolves wins it on the sole fact that LaMelo missed like two months worth of basketball, if not more. And that's what helped Anthony Edwards win it. Not saying Anthony Edwards isn't a talented, a talented player, but LaMelo is, to me, LaMelo's a bit better. And as far as passing and all around, um, as far as MVP, I'm so sick and tired of hearing LeBron say that Steph Curry should win it. Listen, I understand Steph Curry could shoot it from the friggin' moon while Don Cornelius is playing tennis up there, okay? But look at Jokic's numbers. He literally finished in the top five in everything. In every statistical category that they track within the NBA, Jokic is top five in everything. It comes down to Jokic and Embiid, and Jokic wins it because Jokic didn't miss a single game this year, and Embiid missed a total of 19 games. Okay? I'm sorry. 
Jokic wins the MVP. Most improved is hands down Julius Randle. And coach of the year, I, even though Monty Williams is going to win it for the Suns, I'm sorry, how do you not have Tom Thibodeau in there? I mean, he was one of the finalists in it, but Tom Thibodeau to me, Tom Thibodeau to me should have been coach of the year. And it should have been, actually, they should have been co-coach of the years. That's what it really should have came down to. But it didn't, and it is what, what it is. And then, you know, we got to jump into the NHL a bit. And I said it the other day, you know, that the Islanders would have to win two in Pittsburgh. Well, they failed to do that. They lost game two. They lost game three. They won yesterday. And they're going to have to win. They're going to have to win every game from here on out. And you, and if you're an Islanders fan, you want them to get through each series as quick as possible to keep that momentum. You don't want to win, lose, win, lose, win, lose, and then have each series go to game seven. Because by that point, if you make it to the Stanley Cup finals, you're worn out. You'll have nothing left in the tank. And you're going to have to go up against an Edmonton-built team and a Toronto Maple Leaf-built team. You're going to have to do it. And you're not going to survive. You're not going to do it. And speaking of that, I don't know how... Uh, Jonathan Tavares. So me and Scott, before we did the podcast on Thursday, right? We're at Fridays and we're hanging out. And it's me, him, and this guy he knows there. And we're watching the games. And, you know, we're eating. And all of a sudden, you see Tavares go down. And the way it looked on, on TV, it looked like he took a skate to the throat. The way he was, like, convulsing and his eyes rolling his head. And the way, like, they're holding him and they're holding him by the neck. Well, it turned out that he took a vicious knee to the head. And he's out of the hospital now, but he's going to be out at least for the rest of this series. If And not only that, possibly going into the next one. And if I'm the Maple Leafs, I don't... I, listen, I get you're in the playoffs. You want to win a Stanley Cup. But I'm not risking one of my best guys to do it. There's always next year. Let him heal up. Let him re let him recover because with severe concussions and the way he took that hit, who knows if he's ever going to be the same. I I'm, I don't rush it. I don't rush it. And as far as as far as the NHL goes, I had a bracket written down, but I I freaking can't find it anywhere. So my Stanley Cup prediction as of now is and I'm going to give the Islanders fans a do is I think the Islanders make it to the Stanley Cup against the Edmonton Oilers. Okay, but I don't think the Islanders win it, but it goes seven games. If the Islanders win the Stanley Cup, listen, hey, congratulations. I'm Listen, as far as I'm concerned, right now, they're the better hockey team in New York. They're the better hockey team in New York. Just like right now, hate to say Mets fans, but the Yankees are the talk of the town again. Okay, and the the Mets could go and win three World Series in a row, and it'll still never be Yankee. It'll it'll never be the Mets town. This will always be forever known as Yankee Town. It'll always be from the days of Ruth, Garrick, Mantle, Maris, Mattingly, Tartable, Billy Martin, Thurman Munson, Phil Rizzuto. I could go on for hours, and I can go on for days. This will always be. New York Yankee Town. Just like all Islanders fans say, this is Islander country. On Long Island, yeah. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. That I'm surrounded by nothing but Islander fans. Jay's an Islander fan. And when we watch Islander Ranger games, it's one of those like, you want to talk shit to each other, but it's because we're such good friends for so long that it's like... But, you know, we do it anyway, but in a joking manner, and we know... Like what we say, but then like if you say it to like another Islander fan that you know, but takes it way more seriously, like as if he's on the ice, it's like, 
he's like throwing a fit and he's like blocking you on Facebook and Twitter and everything possible. I mean, come on. But I'll give the Islanders their due. The Islanders played a great game yesterday. And Sorkin has stood on his head the past two games. Which means to tell me there's something wrong with Varmalov. And I think Sorkin's going to be the goalie going forward. And, and the reason why I'm picking the Islanders to win is to win this series against Pittsburgh is because it's simply that. It's the Penguins. I hate Sidney Crosby with a passion. I hate him because he reminds me of Tom Brady. Like It's almost like the league tries to protect him. He gets things in his favor, and it's just it, it, it's utter, complete bullshit. And I don't, I don't really need to see it. I, I, just, I just don't want the Penguins in it. And, and it's funny because somebody at work goes, oh, well, if you're a Steeler fan, then aren't you a Penguins fan? And I'm like, oh, hey, oh, pal, listen. This ain't the way it works. Just because I'm a Steelers fan doesn't mean I root for every team in Pittsburgh, okay? I mean, how many people you know in New York that are a Steeler fan, a Ranger fan, a Yankee fan, and a Chicago Bulls fan who roots for the Brooklyn Nets because he's watched the Nets since they were in New Jersey, since the days of Derek Coleman, Kenny Anderson, and Chris Dudley, and Drazen Petrovic. Yeah, for those who say I'm not knowledgeable, and those who say I don't know anybody who's ever played on any team, I can guarantee you, I know who's played on your team more than you do. And that goes at the bandwagon Buccaneers fans and the bandwagon Warriors fans. And I said that at Fridays and at Fridays a while back. And like somebody got offended by it. I was there by myself. And so, and this woman got offended by it. She's like, well, I've been a Warriors fan since like Steph Curry got drafted. And I said, hence my point exactly. You only know Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and Draymond Green. But you don't know that Mark Jackson and Steven Jackson and Tim Hardaway and Chris Mullins and Mitch Richmond were all Golden State Warriors. And Chris Webber was too. In fact, Chris Webber was drafted by the Warriors. And... Me and Scott had an interesting debate on this. And I don't think Chris Webber should be in the NBA Hall of Fame. At least not off the jump. Down the line, yeah. And I'm not saying that Chris Webber wasn't a talented basketball player. I'm not saying that he doesn't belong there. But he doesn't belong there right now. Okay. Three, four years from now? Yeah, I'll say put him in. But right now, absolutely not. I don't think he deserves to be in it. Um, I don't think he has the, the accolades to get there. I don't think he has the, pretty much it's the accolades. He doesn't have the championships. He doesn't have the, he doesn't, to me, he doesn't have a lot of the stats needed, but I guess because it was such a small Hall of Fame class that they had to put him in. So it was one of those like, ah, you know what, we'll just do it based on sympathy. And, you know, Paul Pierce getting in was the right choice. Putting Garnett in with Tim Duncan and Kobe, that hands down will be one of the best Hall of Fame classes ever. Just like whoever went in with Jordan, that will be the best class ever. And what annoys me, and speaking of Kobe, is how now, because somebody posted on Facebook how everybody dumps on LeBron for not being clutch. The issue is this. He took one game winning shot when it mattered this year. And that was against the Warriors, in which he flopped. He flopped yet again to for them to win. And the NBA's got to do something with that, with, with, with everybody flopping to get to get foul calls all the time. Just like they got to do something with Trey Young complaining about getting foul calls all the time. 
I mean, it, 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 it's a joke of how the officiating really is. And even sometimes a replay, they don't get it right. You know, and like case in point, today in the Yankee game, replay gets it right. And it went against the Yankees. Glaber Torres goes to steal third. And the third baseman got him on the wrist as the hand was about to touch the bag. It was a bang-bang play. Those ones you can't get mad at when the ump calls you out or safe. But if he was safe and he was called out and replay still called him out, then yeah, we have a serious issue. But there's a serious issue with replay across all sports. There just really is. And... I don't know how they're going to fix it, especially the umpiring. Like, and, and 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 it happened in the Yankee game today. All game, they're not calling certain one strikes, and then when it all matters, now they're calling them strikes. But they weren't called strikes for the first seven innings, but now here it is, top of the eighth, bottom of the eighth, top of the ninth, bottom of the ninth, here it comes, now they're strikes. It's inconsistent, and these umpires know they're getting graded throughout the season. So, who's doing the grading? Helen Keller? Who's... Because somebody is dumb, deaf, and blind to give all these umpires A's and B's when they're D's and F's. And most of them are F's because they suck. It, 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 it's honestly pathetic. And if, you're, and if you're a sports fanatic like me and like Jay and you're one that listens to us religiously and watches the videos and you hear us say that we can call a better game from the couch, it's not a lie. Because literally, I could spot a holding call on the field as quick as Jay can, quicker than the officials see it. Even in replay, I can get it right, and they'll get it wrong. It's an utter joke. And, and it, it needs to be corrected. I don't know how you correct it throughout sports. Maybe they need to get an officiating for dummies book and figure it out that way. I, I, listen, I, I don't know what to tell you. But... It's really hot in this van. I came out here and did it solo because Jay's busy doing some stuff. So I figured I'd just pop on for a little bit. Uh, it's been a while. Well, for me since Thursday. But Jay will be back on. Uh, try to get one out tomorrow for you guys. And um, we'll go over some more of the NBA playoffs and NHL and, you know, Whatever else we we feel like discussing, and we'll and we'll also talk about the juju comments as far as uh, James Harrison goes, um, because yeah, I'm gonna have to educate a lot of people on this one yet again, like I always have to do. Um, so again, Jay will be on. Obviously, nothing's changing as far as that. Um, there will be times where I'll just pop on by myself. Um, you know, just to do a quick little whatever, or if Jay's at work and it's a night where I feel like doing one. Um, so again, all the audio podcasts are on Spotify, Apple, Anchor. Uh, we're on Podchasers now. You can find us on Good Pods. The videos are on YouTube. So keep watching, keep listening. Any questions you want to debate something, leave a comment on one of the videos. You can, if you listen and you're friends with me on Facebook, even if you're not friends with me on Facebook, you can find me on there. Um, I'm on Twitter on their Fan in the Van podcast. You can find me on there. You could submit any questions, something you want to debate. Um, I'm also going to be a guest on somebody else's podcast coming up, actually, relatively soon. The Daily Sporting. Um, we started talking today about some stuff and we're probably going to link up and do something maybe this week, if not in the next couple of weeks. I also got to get together with the other podcast that we were guests on from the Nosebleeds. Um, 
trying to, I, I want to get a good topic with them going. I, he's got to, he's got to figure out what it's going to be. Um, so keep listening, keep watching and stay safe. Even though there's a restriction, you know, even though they eased up on the mask restrictions, listen, be safe out there, everybody. All right. Till the next one, stay safe, mask up. And as always, peace.